Hey, fifth grade scholars, I have fish in a tree, chapter 10 and 11. Let's get started. All right, fantasticos, Mr. Daniel says, rubbing his hands together like a mad scientist. First thing I'm going to do today is book talk. I will do that a lot this year. Tell you all about some of my favorite stories. When Mr. Daniels talks about books, it reminds me of Max or Oliver, like he's ready to launch a giant party. I like hearing about the story, but asking me to read them would be like asking a lobster to play tennis. And then it gets worse. He holds up a pile of notebooks. I have a surprise. I have a brand new writing journal for each of you, which you will write in every day. Oh no, I'd rather eat grass. But here's the thing. I will sometimes give you a topic, but not very often. And I will never ever, even if an evil sorcerer threatens to turn all my correcting pens to clear ink, correct your work. Huh? They will never be graded. They will never be corrected. And most days, I won't tell you what to write about. You may write about your life, sports, the country of Bulgaria, your favorite kind of soap, books you like, books you don't like, anything. Wow. I wonder if he's delirious. No correcting? Anything we want? That is too good to be true. I know something is coming. There are only a couple of rules. Ah, there they are. The rules. You must put pencil to paper and do something. And I will often answer with a sentence or two. Right back, Oliver says. Can we grade you? Mr. Daniels laughs. We're not going to grade it all, Oliver. This is about communication, self-expression, not measurements. Can we ask you questions? Max asks. Sure, he says, passing out the notebooks. Mine is yellow, a little too nice of a color for a writing thing. Can I write about football? Max asks. Anything you want. This is going to be great, Oliver yells. I'm going to ask for answers to the test and for extra recess and unlimited ketchup in the cafeteria. Well, Dr. D Mr. Daniels asks, or begins, as I said, you ask, can ask whatever you want. So open up those no notebooks now and add your first entry and make it you. This journal is yours, so an introduction to you may be a good thing, no matter how you choose to express that. Keisha begins writing while Albert stares at the blank page. The room is filled with the sounds of pencils and scratching. Suki is rubbing one of her blocks with her thumb. I wonder if she's thinking about her grandfather. I see a mind movie of me walking through a forest of alphabet blocks stacked on top of each other. They sway like trees in the wind, and I worry that they will come crashing down on me. I think about drawing that, but decide to color a big three-dimensional cube with dark black sides. He said we could do anything. I want to see if he means it. The next day, Mr. Daniels holds my journal, opened to the page where I drew the black cube. I figured he wouldn't let go, let that go. He holds his palm facing me, and he says, I know, I know, I said I'd never correct you, and I'm not going to. I'm just wondering if you mind telling me what this means. Do you like the color black, or does it mean something? Either way, it's okay. I think of the kinds of things that might make him mad, and remember that he said a person can be too good at the wrong things. Maybe I don't want to get in trouble this time. It's a picture of a dark room. Oh, why would you draw a picture of a dark room? He looks serious now. It was supposed to be something about us. Why would a dark room have something to do with you, Allie? His voice is soft. I swallow hard. Because in a dark room, no one could see me. He stares down at my black cube. Then he clears his throat before looking back up. Okay, Thank you for being honest, Allie. 
I'm so relieved he isn't mad. Allie, he pauses. Can you tell me why you don't want to be seen? I think it would be easier to be invisible. Why? I shrug. I want to give him an answer, but I have too, I, I have both too many words and not enough. He nods slowly. Well, I'm glad you're not invisible, Allie, because this class wouldn't be the same without you. I don't believe him, but it makes me happy that he said it. I realize looking at him that all this time, I haven't been looking teachers in the face. I've been staring into their stomachs while I sit at my desk and they tell me the things that went wrong with me, that are wrong with me. But now, on top of all those other big wishes that I carry around, I have one more. I want to impress Mr. Daniels. With every tiny little piece of myself, I just want him to like me. Chapter 11, Scrambled Egg. When we come into the classroom, Mr. Daniels makes an announcement. Attention, Fantasticos. We have brand new Fantastico seats. So find yours and settle in. Jessica is sitting next to Suki and staring at Shay like their separation is a great injustice. It turns out that I'm sitting in the front row next to Keisha, the girl who can bake and write at the same time while I can't do either. We don't speak all morning and I can't stop worrying that she doesn't like me. <coughs> Excuse me. When she finally glances at me, I blurt out, I don't mind being your friend. Keisha looks annoyed. You don't have to do me any favors. No, I say trying to undo. I just mean... And then I stop because I don't know what I meant. And I'm nervous and embarrassed. And that is never good when I'm trying to say something. Every word is another shovel full of dirt from the hole I've dug for myself. But the silence gets too long and too loud. So I try to think of something to say. I always knew what to say to my grandpa. And he always knew what to say to me. I wish he were here to whisper in my ear. And then I think of Alice and how she argued with Humpty Dumpty about using the right words. I turn to Keisha and blurt out, do you like eggs? Eggs, she asks. Oh no, she thinks I'm a barrel full of crazy. But I keep going because sometimes my tongue goes on without, without my say so. Yeah, I love eggs. Scrambled eggs, fried eggs, poached on toast, and boiled eggs. I love peeling the shell, shell off of a boiled egg, don't you? I even like egg salad, which my brother won't even eat if someone holds him down. Her eyebrows scrunch up, reminding me of angry caterpillars. That's incredibly interesting. Then she searches inside her desk for something. I know this move. It's a polite way of ignoring me. People do it a lot. Finally, I just put my head down. Grandpa used to say that Alice in Wonderland falling down the rabbit hole was just like real life. I didn't understand. I didn't used to understand what he meant, but I do now. There can't be any place on the earth scarier than a school cafeteria. I hold my tray so tight my fingers hurt. I hear, hey, it's Allie. It's Shay. She's, she is standing with Jessica and a few others. Yeah, I ask. Do you want to sit with us for lunch? <coughs> Jeez, sorry. Of course I don't want to sit with them, but I am getting tired of sitting alone and having everyone else see me sit alone. Besides that, Shay, Jessica, and some other girls are ha all have these woven friendship bracelets, and I have never had the kind of friends who have matching bracelets, but I have always wanted them. It's like the bracelet tells the world that the person wearing it has someone who cares about them, not like a family member that has to care, but someone who just likes you. I want to feel a part of something, anything, I guess. Shay is overly happy that I've said yes. 
I sit down after glancing at the seat to make sure I won't be sitting in a pool of glue. Shay motions to me to sit next to her. She and Jessica smile that, that smile that on the outside seems fine, but your gut tells you to be careful of. There are a few of other girls. Max is there with one other boy. Jessica points at Albert and they start laughing. I look over and don't see anything funny. Can you believe it? How pathetic is that? Hey, Albert, she calls. Is that supposed to be a fashion statement? I still don't get it. He's wearing his usual flint shirt and jeans. Why are they so worked up? Shay hits me on the side of the arm and points down at his feet. The back of his sneakers have been cut out. Shay calls him over and he comes. I don't know why everyone does what she says, even me, today anyway. What's the matter, she asks. Don't you have any money for shoes? Quite the contrary, Albert begins. But given the choice of buying new sneakers that I will outgrow in three months or a chemistry set that I can use for an undefined amount of time, this seemed the clear choice. They're in fine shape except for being a bit short. Did you hear that? He chopped the back of his shoes off like slippers, Jessica adds. Next, he'll be wearing a robe. Shay turns to her. I think robes would be cool. We should wear them tomorrow. Yeah, that would be cool, Jessica says. Shay laughs, but I don't think Jessica knows Shay isn't laughing because of the robes. I think Shay said something dumb to see if Jessica would go along. Sometimes I think Jessica would follow Shay out of an airplane without a parachute. Then Shay turns to me. Well, Allie, what do you think of wearing robes tomorrow? I'd like to tell her it's dumb, but I say, not my thing. Is that so? Well, what do you think of Albert and his slippers? I feel like I'm in one of those old detective movies that Grandpa loved. I'm in a cramped small room under a bright light being asked a question I don't want to answer. The thought to stick up for him goes through my head, but that doesn't seem like the right answer for Shay. They're pretty dopey, I say. What a weirdo, huh? I've made Shay happy. I feel terrible. And I know that I'm going to feel even worse when the shade comes down over Albert's face, when he looks sad. But that never comes. He just stands there eating Doritos. I think it's curious that you worry about what I have on my feet when three of you are wearing red shirts. Not a wise color. Red is the color of stoplights and signs, bad wounds, warning lights, and this most severe of sunburns. It represents red alerts and high fevers. Red numbers show a loss in accounting. Red represents danger. I think of all the red marks that cover my papers from teachers, how I hate to get them back. Jessica laughs loudest. What a weirdo, Albert. Furthermore, any crew member of Star Trek's Starship Enterprise who wears a red shirt never appears in another episode. Frankly, I think you've made a poor choice. They all burst out into laughter. Albert, Max says, it's only a TV show, dude, and not a very good one either. Albert's arm stops dead on the way to his mouth with another Dorito. Not a very good one? Albert, Shay says, you go right ahead and ignore what you look like, but it's the rest of us who suffer. We have to look at you. Actually, he says, I don't take my appearance lightly. I take you lightly. And with that, he turns and is gone before she can pull out some other mean thing. And I wish I was more like Albert. Seeing him shuffle away in those sneakers makes me want to be better. I'm not perfect, but at least I'm not mean. And then my heart sinks because I realized that I just was. I guess I did it because I was lonely. Now I know that there are worse things than being lonely. All right, scholars, that's the end of chapter 10 and 11. Today on Seesaw 
you are doing an assignment called headlines. You are going to choose a newspaper headline that describes what this, the big idea or, or a theme or a message from these two chapters. And then you're going to explain why you chose that headline. On the Seesaw assignment, if you click the picture, there are some examples of newspaper headlines in case you need support. All right, go get started and have a great day.